start. What's up, fam? Welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast. Mostly Tired Gamers podcast, I think, is what we're all on today. Uh, having been, uh, for various reasons, not sleeping well. Is it a full moon? Maybe it's a full moon. Any oh. you lunar experts know the phases of the moon very well? Angie, that seems like kind of your wheelhouse, no? Why, why do you choose me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my new planner shows the phases of the moon in it, but I don't have my planner with me. Ah, fail. Anyway, uh, those are the voices of Chris and Angie that you hear. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm starting up my new YouTube series, Planner Fails, where we just put people on blast for failing at having planners. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I have to apologize in advance. My son and wife are watching Blaze and the Monster Machine, so you might hear them scream loudly at various points. So help me out. Is it like are the machines their their monsters? So is it like oh, a machine version of Frankenstein, a machine version of the Wolfman, or no? Are the monsters are machines. No, Which they're action. Does it go? They're uh, cars. They're like uh, monster trucks. So oh, monster machines cool, cool. refers okay. to monster trucks. And then they I all have you. different, they're anthropomorphic. So they have like, well, that's, some of them are, some of them are just like uh, personified, I guess. So, Cause some of them are animals and others are just, actually I think just one of them is an animal anyway. And it, like it, they encourage participation throughout the episode. Um, but, you know, if you got kids and they want to get them into like STEM learning, it's really good for that kind of stuff. And it's uh, what's his name? Who's like name a popular video game voice actor? Um, Troy Baker. No, the other one. That everybody knows. I'll think of it. Nolan North. Nolan North. Voices. Thing? Blaze. The lead, the main car person. So. Wow. I just thought that was kind of cool. So it's slightly relevant. Um, But anyway, Angie, how are you? I am good. Just battling a cold. Oh, good. We got to get some vitamin C to you and uh, James. You're both battling. There's something going around, though, I think. I mean, probably. It's been the past couple days, but I work full days. So I can't I can't not work. That sucks. That does suck. I'm sorry. Well, thank you for joining us, even though you don't feel well. Um, oh, I have plenty to say. Oh, I look forward <laughs> to it then. I have great, I have great things to share. Good. Um, well, let's get through the lowdown so we can get to it then. If you want to be part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us at um, MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. You can email us to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. And you can also check out our website, mostlynormalgamers.com, which I just renewed the domain for for another like two or three years. So I hope you guys are yeah. ready for the long haul. <laughs> and then you can go to, you can subscribe to the newsletter there, um, or you can go to mngamers.substack.com. And Chris is actually um, tirelessly finishing his uh, installment for January right now. No sleep until I hit publish. No and it sleep. better it better happen while somewhere on earth it's still January. <laughs> yeah. Just like the BB's Beastie Boys song. No sleep till publish. And Love it. uh lastly you can hit us up 507-291-2991 if you want to leave us a voicemail or a text. Um and with that said, um I'm going to start with what I've been playing because you've heard about it for like the last three weeks. It's still Biomutant, which is huge. And I, it's like the gameplay loop is, it's just like an open world third person action game, kind of like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And it, it the gameplay loop is just like my jam. It's just like, oh, that thing that I have to do is only 400 meters away. I might as well go check it out before I turn it off. And then five hours later, I'm like still playing for some reason. So it is 
right in my wheelhouse. It's definitely, as I've said in previous episodes, has its downfalls, but it's my cup of tea for sure. And I'll talk maybe more about it when I finish it. Um, and then I have been playing Super Mario or no Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which is a very charming and delightful game that is actually kind of kicking my ass. I'm running out of mushrooms. I'm getting very stressed out way more than I thought I was going to be. So that sounds um, exactly like how I remember that. game. Okay, good. <laughs> Are you like was, near you're kind of like the end, the late game yet? Uh, I don't think so. I think we are. What are we doing right now? We're looking for chocola chocola beans or something okay and uh yeah we're stuck in a where where are we right now we went to the chocola forest or something like that and we got through that we're just after that part so um yeah it's it's an incredibly fun game but i'm very uh irritated with how bad i am at it are you getting like the timing bonuses in combat? Cause that's like a huge deal, right? Yeah. But I mean, even when you come across new enemies, they, you can like, you don't know how to read their attacks and they have yeah. tells, you know, it's like you have to read what they're going to do to know whether or not they're going to attack Mario or Luigi. But until they do that, you don't know which one they're going to do. You know what I mean? And then you have mm-hmm. to figure it out. And it's kind of like, it's not always apparent you know, what, uh, what tell, what is telling you they're going to attack Mario or Luigi. So, um, if you don't figure it out right away, you can get your butt kicked pretty quick. And then if you don't dodge things appropriately, which is kind of my thing, because everything's timing, your attacks are timing, uh, your dodges and, uh, defenses attacks are, uh, all timing based. So it's, it's challenging, but it's, it's really good. Very funny. I love the writing in it. Yeah. I think it's, it lives in like very high regard in my memory. For yeah, I'm. Way of putting it. Yeah, I have you ever played like the Paper Mario games or uh, Paper Mario One and, the... and the Thousand Year Door are like some of my favorite videos. I keep hearing such good things about Paper Mario. Yeah, I need to play. There was was Origami King or something like that. Well, that most recently came out. None of them have ever lived up to thousand year door sense in my what's that on gamecube oh okay (laughs) oh that's so do you know what game would immediately cause me to just retire from the earth a thousand year door remake or just even just putting it on some sort of like live service yeah put it like the for nintendo put game once they have the gamecube switch online a i'll pay whatever amount of money it takes to have it and b all I'll do is play Smash Melee and Thousand Year Go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's good to know that they haven't really lived up, but I'm, I don't know. I might jump into Origami King or something like that just because I am enjoying this so much. I would, I would never have given those games a, a, a opportunity previously, and now I'm kind of all about it. So, super glad you're checking it out. Yeah. But that's it for me. Now, you two go with your pentiment thoughts and other things. You go ahead, Chris, because I don't. I want to know what you've played, or have yeah, what you have been playing like so far in the game, as well as other games. But I don't want to spoil things in case. So um, I took kind of a cool approach to playing pentiment, but I uh, have learned that the experiment did not pan out. Um, so I had Trillian, my girlfriend, make all of the decisions while I drove. And uh, she learned that she hates justifying her thought process to explain to me why she chose to do a thing. Yep. Because <laughs> she felt like I was judging her for her decisions. So oh, geez. I don't know. I don't know if pentiment date nights are going to be on the table anymore (laughs) but um we she's in the background of my video camera sort of glaring at me i think um (laughs) (laughs) but i had a really great time uh with the game when we first started playing it um we our character got to um arrive late at work and tried to convince a nun unsuccessfully 
to not burn a book that was considered sacrilegious. Um, and so he stole the book to prevent it from getting burned. And that's kind of where we left off. Oh. Um, so we're like mad, mad early. Yes. That's what I understand. You're still in what they called Act One. Yeah, I would say we're probably still in like the tutorial mm-hmm. or just out of like what would have been tutorialization. Um, our character's background, uh, he partied too hard, I think, and studied uh, law and nature. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like an incredibly well-written game. I'm blown away by the way that they use the different fonts and like spelling errors and things to do storytelling. I think that's just like mind-boggling, like the characterizations all happening through the way that people are communicating in terms of like if somebody's of higher education, their penmanship will be much better. And so it'll, their like text boxes will have better penmanship than if somebody's like a lower class, lower educated person. And they that is super interesting. They literally show the typos and spelling errors like as they happen. And then they like scrub back and fix them. Mm-hmm. And so like those are more frequent for the less educated characters. Um, there's a moment really early on where you like, have misjudged how intelligent someone would be. And so like their script for their text box gets an upgrade and is like higher. I don't want to say higher class, but like higher educational status representing print, like printing style, as opposed to kind of like a flowery, but like not as well educated handwriting style. I think all that stuff's really interesting. Um, and I think the writing's funny, and I think the characters that we've, we've met even pretty early on are, are very delightful. And um, it none of it's voiced so far, I don't think, but the writing is so strong and it comes through so clearly that it really like lends a voice to the characters in a lot of ways. So if there weren't like five other games in my what I've been playing that are like taking way more of my attention. I probably would just restart and do a run through on my own, but I'm going to get to it eventually. It's like fourth in the list for stuff. I'm going to finish. I'm pretty sure it's dude. It is frustrating. Like how many games there are constantly to play all the time. Game pass makes it worse. It does. Um, That's, and that's my, the crux for me is like, I re up my, subscription to game pass and i'm just like well now i just have more games that i don't have time for because i want to play hi-fi rush i still want to play i'm debating with myself whether or not i want to play that uh justin roiland game like i'm having internal turmoil about it Uh, oh sure yeah and then uh there's so many other things on there that i want to play so anyway I was so brief aside about Game Pass. I was looking back at issue number 11 of Mostly Normal Monthly, where I talked about the Netflixification of games and how I would just scroll through the Game Pass library, save things to the play later section, and then go like watch a streaming thing or watch YouTube because I just had, I couldn't make a choice. Like it was paralyzed, like paralyzed by choice because there's so much there. It's only gotten worse. Almost every one of our game of the year games this year are on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And even that happened to me this weekend. We were at uh, this park with my son and he was pl- having a play date with another friend. And like, I was like, you know what I can do? Play Game Pass from my phone. So I played Vampire Survivors, but which is awesome. But it had the same thing. It took me like... 10 to 15 minutes just to decide what game to play with touch controls because there's so many <laughs> games that they've made compatible with touch controls. And I'm just fascinated with how well they've integrated everything to make it so that you can literally play whatever you want, whenever you want. It's awesome. So it's overwhelming. Well, and so speaking of game pass, I'm just quick tunic update. Um, the game is really good at getting you right to the point of frustration where you think there's no way to go and then having something revealed to you. And I think that's a really crazy, cool feeling 
to having a video game. Um, I liked that. I liked the exploration and like trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah, it it's um, it reminds me of what I thought Dark Souls was gonna be like when I hadn't really played that much Dark Souls. Mm. Where like even knowing where to go next is a mystery. There's points in Dark Souls where it does that. Sorry, every game can't be compared to Dark Souls. So um, <laughs> I have beaten one boss and I have found and got my ass kicked twice by another boss. And so instead of continuing to try and fight that boss, I went around exploring. I found two locations, I think, of where the MacGuffin items you want to collect three of exist. One of which I made it to the room that had it in it. And the other of which I think is being protected by the boss. And I'm trying to be very vague because my experience with the game has been really great going in mostly blind. And I think, um, that's been mirrored by the way people have refrained from giving me hints and help without like asking. I found out my neighbor is playing it and he was like, Oh man, like I don't want to like ruin anything for you, but like, do you need a hint? And I was like, I'm probably good on hints. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like that you like tried to fight the boss, but then went to go explore because like after two defeats, because then you might be able to find more things that could be helpful for like your health or, you know, for your weapons or miscellaneous things like that. Which like the fact that you can upgrade your health should seem obvious in a game that looks like Zelda, but it was a surprise to me when I found that out. (laughs) Like like there's a reveal about that. (laughs) There's a mystery around how you upgrade your health. Well, it's, so it's cool. when when you find the page that tells you what to do even then you have to decipher that but it that is helpful when you find the page did you find that page i want to say i think i figured it out before oh smart look at you because i was just i think i was looking in the menu at the right place and time Mm. And was like fiddling with the menu at the right place in time. Yeah. But I can't say for sure. I'm sleep deprived. So I, <laughs> I will say I probably found the page first. Anyways. Um, That's awesome. Really interesting game. I like, I'm having a great time swapping between it and Hi-Fi Rush. Cause Hi-Fi Rush is level based. So I've been playing like one level of Hi-Fi Rush and then popping over and just like exploring in Tunic and screwing around kind of in that open Zelda world. Um, so how is, is it, is it, are you having trouble like with the controls going back and forth? That's always my thing with like, they're I, so different. They're so different that I, I'm not it, like Hi-Fi Rush is a, third person so let me give you the sales pitch on hi-fi rush what if devil may cry or bayonetta was a rhythm game it's a third person action game uh very combat focused platforming elements collectibles um and everything can be done to the beat of the songs in the background they have licensed songs from like nine inch nails um, uh, the Black Keys and a bunch of other bands um, and then also some original songs um, all enemy movements and attacks go to the beat all of your attacks can be landed on the beat and if you hit it on the beat you get a damage bonus um, and so um, it's from Tango Gameworks which is the team that did um, Evil Within 1 and 2 and then um the game from last year, Ghostwire Tokyo, I'm pretty sure, was also them. Um, I think the art style is incredible. Um, my girlfriend keeps comparing it to, if any of you have seen the anime Fooly Cooly, 
FLCO. Um, but it's just because it's like kind of like the characters just have like a fully cooly character design vibe. <laughs> um, I think it's like the writing is like the characters are okay so far. I, I'm not like, I, I love the villains in the game. There's like a whole corporate board full of villains that you're trying to take down. Um, the story is that you uh, want to become a rock star, but you have a broken arm. So you go to this place called Strong Arm uh, Industries, um, and they're supposed to replace your arm with a robot arm. Uh, but somehow you become a defect because your uh, your iPod falls into the machine when they're giving you your machine arm, and it gets slammed into your heart, kind of like Tony Stark has his arc reactor. Oh, funny. <laughs> <And so laughs> you're your iPod MP3 player is causing everything to go to the beat of the music. And um, they refuse to let you out because you're a defect and they, they need to get you in quality assurance and like undo their mistake basically is kind of the explanation uh, for the start of the game. Um, you get a rad magnet hook shot really early um, in level three, they teach you a parrying mechanic that's supposed to go to the beat of the music that's like really intense parry timing, like harder than I had a hard time with than Sekiro, probably. <laughs> uh, but the uh, I made the mistake of starting the game on hard mode because I was feeling myself on, over the weekend. Always a bad idea, especially with a rhythm game, dude. Who are you? I played so much Guitar Hero, John. I was almost the Guitar Hero when I was in high school. <laughs> like, I beat the first Guitar Hero game on Expert. Every song. That is impressive. But I, I never just... beat Through the Fire and Flames. But... Did you ever play, like, uh, Cadence of Hyrule? Or, uh, so, so I do think that's a good comparison. One? I, I did play some Cadence of Hyrule. So it has that thing i mean you can move freely um it's there's no the only real punish for not being able to hit things in time to the beat is with some required parry stuff i've seen so far um but i was not 100 percent understanding that mechanic um and now that i understand it better i don't think it's quite as punishing as i thought it was um but most of the time hitting things to the beat just gives you a bonus um Although it's one third of the scoring component, because just like in Bayonetta, right, like you can get an S or um, you can get like triple S or whatever in Devil May Cry, right, for your rank for the combat for the thing. Um, but the at the end of each of the combat sections, which they call um, choruses, um, at, at the end of each chorus, you're scored and your overall score, one third of it, I think, is based on how much of your attacks landed on the timing. Um, and I the best I've gotten is a C, I think. Like, I'm hitting, like, maybe, like, every other thing on the beat. At but best. you're still playing it on hard, right? Or did you switch? The... Hard, hard, according to the menu, just makes it so incoming damage is higher. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. Well, I know it, I played tried to play Cadence of Hyrule, and I was like, I don't, no, mm -mm, I can't. I got pretty far into Cadence of Hyrule, but I think I got stuck after like the first boss and I just explored a bunch. Yeah. I liked that game, but I didn't keep with it. Oh um, man, it anyways, was super cool. The, the other thing is if anyone played, did, did either of you check out metal Hellsinger? I watched the trailer and decided so, it looked too much like doom and said, no, thank you. It's a lot like doom. So in metal Hellsinger, at the bottom of your screen, there's like a keep to the beat thing that shows the beats coming in. And when you should be hitting things to stay on beat, you can, there's an option to toggle something like that on at any point in the game and just have the beats visible. But then also similar to, it's really amazing to me that both of those games came out so close together. Like two people must have, like both teams individually must have been like, yeah, like what if we did like a Cadence of Hyrule or a Necromancer, but like in this genre. Right. Um, but like, also, Cadence of Hyrule had a um, kind of a beat-keeping thing at the bottom of the screen, too. So you can toggle that on, 
but by default it's off and you just see like a flashing thing on your like little side companion character and like different pieces of the environment going to the beat, like maybe some steam geysers going off every time there's a beat or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, if I was doing better on the beat timing, I would like the game more. And that's just me getting frustrated with myself. Yeah. But, um, I think I'm having trouble remembering the combos in the moment. So I'm getting kind of button mashy. Because I just haven't played an, an action game like this in a long time. And so, you know, I want to, like, think about what the combos are. Maybe go back. They have a practice arena you can go into and, like, you know, run practice on stuff. But I really want to get the combat down because I think being able to, like, reliably remember a combo will make it so that you can stay on beat easier because then you're not, like, mashing and you're, like, actually playing a little bit more with a purpose. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Anyways, um, yeah, I just finished level three, which I think when I last talked to James is about where he was um, when we were talking about the game. Um, I'm definitely going to continue playing it. I think it's it's really great. Um, and yeah, I think um, with it being on Game Pass, like if you have a way of running it natively, I would not recommend streaming this game because... Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a bad a rhythm, time. Playing a rhythm game with any latency is a nightmare, but... Um, if you have a chance to download it to something and check it out, I, I do highly recommend it. It's a great time. Yeah. Um, I've been talking for a really long time. Angie, what have you been playing? Honestly, <clears throat> I just uh, played Pentiment. Like, I, I took a weekend, not this past weekend, though I think it was a weekend prior. And I just played Pentiment all the way through. And it, I don't know, dead 16 hours, I think it took. So nice. That's, that's impressive. That's not really your uh, MO usually to actually play through the game. No, no, no. I mean like to like play that uh, rapidly or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely not. Um, but I, I got so hooked into that game that I was like, the story just kind of took me along and I, I liked being able to make choices of you know, what my character's background is going to be like, and then what, what will happen next? I was so curious that I couldn't stop playing it. Um, I felt bad because I, I took over the living room, just took it over. It was my area for the whole, like, it was like two days that I, like, took time. It was like, this is my space. Hey, I um, took over the living room for an entire year for Elden Ring, so, you know. <laughs> so now I don't feel as bad. So it's all relative. Yeah. There's always someone worse, Angie. <laughs> right. Um, but so I, I won't go f super into it um, to spoil anything for Chris. But what I did um, choose for my background, because um, so the very beginning of the game, you can choose um, to be um, a hedonist, a craftsman, a bookworm, a rapscallion, or a businessman. And I chose a craftsman because mm. um, to dedicate his time and energy to art. Um, and then after that, when you meet, I think it's when you meet. The Baron Roth, is it Roth Vogel? Um, you can choose between. Um, and more background with being um, because you tell them that you go to the university or you went to university and not many people are able to go to university because money, mm -hmm. uh, but theology, imperial law and medicine. Um, I decided to do law. And see, these choices I realized after the fact, after playing the game were probably not the greatest idea because people in the town thought I was like weird and abstract. But um, the last part, when you're talking with the Baron Rothwell about your university time, um, you choose another area of background. So there's three things you can choose. So one's up, or three times you can choose your pieces of your background. Um, Latinist, logician, uh, orator, I think I'm saying that right, oculist, and heavens and earth. Mm -hmm. And I chose logician because 
Let's be out of the Law back. and logic? That's like, you're going to be undefeatable in the courtroom. Well, but in this time, what, it was like 15, 18, I think is when you start. That's like, yes, people did it, but it wasn't like the town that you're in. People are, are like, you know, they would love you more. I would, ima- I would imagine. I haven't played, like, I haven't tried it with these choices, but I would imagine that if you did Heavens and Earth and you were like, you know, about theology, they would be more happy with you versus your other choices. Um, but anyway, so, so playing it through, I thought it was awesome. I couldn't, I couldn't stop because again, I wanted to know what was happening next in the game. I wanted to know what was going to happen. And because like you have to, because somebody gets murdered basically and you have to choose, Go, you have to find clues throughout the town, talk to certain people and figure out who killed this person or you tell the um oh what there's a certain name the archbishop no there's a certain person that, that he comes to investigate and you talk to him and you tell give him all of your or what you want to give you don't have to give him everything but you give him what you want for your ideas of who could have killed this person mm-hmm. and then decide what to do and then they execute whoever they think did it. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, Do you ever find out if you're right or wrong? Not to my understanding, but so I, that's a crazy thing about this game. You, you can make these choices and it's not necessarily wrong, but it's also not necessarily right. It's a, it's just a choice you make. And with that choice, something like people either die that shouldn't have died or maybe, they were still bad, but they didn't do what was being convicted of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. But ultimately, in the end is where you want to get to of who is is somebody formulating all of this? Or was it all these people killing other people? And it was just a, you know, random shit show of things that are happening. Um, but I will drop one little I guess I'll I'll say hint but people if they're playing the game should keep their eye out for notes Mm. that you find and those those are a clue okay but that's all I'll say because I don't want to give anything else out but I really liked I really liked the game and I think there's three acts um to the to the game until the end of it but I th- I'm gonna play through it again I think and choose different backgrounds to see what other things can come to like so I'm assuming that some things weren't told to me because of the fact of my background or the things I was able to say because of my background I don't know I'm gonna choose something different and see what happens yeah, yeah it seems I, super interesting I um I wanted to play the game with Trillian specifically because it's a murder mystery. She and I, um, she just likes murder mysteries and um, Mm -hmm. we watch a lot of like, we're watching the mentalist, the procedural show from the early two thousands, early to mid two thousands or whatever um, together. And so um, it's one of those things where I wish we were playing it together or going to continue playing it together because I like engaging in that kind of like mystery space with her. It's something I enjoy doing as a couple. So yeah, it's, I, I tried to have somebody else like give their input on the game, but there's so much reading involved and so many other pieces that I had to catch them up, but it was just easier to just figure to just try something myself versus asking somebody else because they weren't reading along with me but if somebody's reading along with you with the story then it's a lot easier i think to do it that way but the other thing i didn't play any other games besides that that kind of sucked my game juices but that sounded bad um but the other thing i did do the this past weekend i um and a little bit into the last week, I watched, which I have never seen fully before, um, the Lord of the Rings first two movies. 
I watched The Fellowship oh. of the Ring, and then I watched The Two Towers. And? I love them. I love them. And somebody asked me, like, who my... So you guys, I assume, have seen it, right? Oh, yeah. for sure. Huge yeah, it's part been a while, but... Well, I haven't seen the third one yet. And oh, not yet. I'm, I'm that's it's on the docket to watch at least by this weekend, if not even before that. Um, well, you only have to put aside like five and a half hours. No big deal. Yeah, we, we're watching the extended version. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you really? Because like the original ones are like over three hours. Yeah, we're watching the extended versions. I'm super nice. excited about it. But um, so. I was really sad in the first from the after the first movie. I like literally cried. Like Bor like Boromir died and Gandalf at that moment I was he was dead, I thought. And I was really sad because Gandalf is my favorite character so far. Just because of how badass he is. I'm not trying to say that Aragorn isn't badass or like Legolas in his own way or like, like any of them. Gimli yeah, they're all pretty been, sweet. You know, they're all they all have their cool factors. Cool factor, of them. yeah. I Each just, of them has their own way to be kind of like a unique badass. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like so I was really sad, but in the second one, obviously Gandalf becomes not Gandalf the Grey, he's Gandalf the White. And I I was really sad when the Battle of Helm's Deep started, because it's ten thousand Uruguay against what did they like 300 well plus the elves that came so I don't let's just say like maybe 400 others like it's like I was like that's I don't like those odds I don't like those odds I was really I was really sad um but I thought it funny that they put comedic relief inside this huge battle that was happening between Legolas and Gimli where they're counting their 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 kill counts to each other like mm-hmm. who has the most kill counts is that the one where legolas like slides down the elephant's nose or something and shoots no stuff? not that oh, i remember okay. he didn't do that oh maybe, that... maybe that's in the third one don't sh- shut your damn mouth um no. my bad i, I, I can't keep it all i don't straight. remember so when that takes place but i remember when i was like probably like 13 or 14 around the time that that scene happened and I just like lost my mind. I know. Yeah. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever done in a movie. <laughs> it definitely was. I agree. So yeah. and the third one is, I think, the best one of the three. It definitely culminates very well. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Chris would I'm excited. Agree. I don't know. I'm excited to watch it because I've seen I've seen The Hobbit before. Um, but that was such a long time ago. And I think The Hobbit is the one where like it obviously talks about when Bilbo Baggins finds the ring, right? But the I don't know if I'd be able to... I want to watch it again after I'm done watching these ones, but I don't know if I can because they have those three ogres, um, or, may, or maybe they're not ogres, but they're like three the trolls, the big trolls. They're sitting around a campfire, yeah. and there's just snot everywhere. It drives uh, me... I, it like, makes me gag every time. I just can't. I've never seen it, seen the movie, but I remember that specifically from the books. Yeah, the, the the snot wasn't described in the books, I don't think, but the the trolls were. It's it's awful. It's absolutely yeah, it sounds awful. bad. But anyway, so yeah, I'm on. I'm going to be watching the what is it the the King Returns or Return of the King? Return of the yeah. King. Return of the King. Um, my favorite now has become fellowship i think weirdly um but back in the day it was two towers always got to be a contrarian <laughs> That's I, like me. Them, I like just them kidding. both i just like when I, when people pick their favorite characters like what what would you guys what would you say your favorite character would be from the trilogy i mean growing up definitively like alas but um yeah, I, I agree. Th- I thought Orlando Bloom was awesome because he was also in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, wow. yeah. what a career and, he could be. Yeah, um, and he got to make out with Keira Knightley, and that's just a man <laughs> to be envied, right there. <laughs> I always yeah, I I, go ahead. Oh, I was trying to think like 
I play a dwarf in one of my D and D campaigns now, so I've like real, Gimli's really grown on me. That's Gimli awesome. is cool too. Yeah, sure. He's a little smartass, but he has to be because he's so short. And then <laughs> he's great. Yeah, what a king! Short king summer. Gimli right. twenty twenty three. The part in the two towers where, uh, um, oh my brain, my brain's not working. Um. Aragorn, where Aragorn is on the there, the Aragorn and Gimli are on the side, and they're gonna jump over to the orcs in front of the door that are on that like, like not railing, but that this, the walkway up to the door of Helm's Deep. Um, Gimli's like, I can't jump that. You're gonna have to toss me. He's like, Don't tell the elf. Don't yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> he tosses him over there. <laughs> oh, oh good times. But yeah, no Legolas is cool. Just I just I can't imagine how quick like that that repetition of pulling the arrow out and shooting with precision to the same time like that's impressive. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of funny because like Orlando Bloom. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he kind of fell off the face of the earth after those movies. And no, like, you're not wrong. So it's like it's just like a seeing him in a movie. It just is telling of a time and place to me anymore so uh, <laughs> but it was yeah he was that was good those were good good times um we well, all got anything else you want to bring to the table games other media no that's it i was just excited to that i was i was watching the lord of the rings movies i had to share yeah i can't wait to hear what you think of the third one i know i'm so excited to watch it <laughs> uh well angie do you need to go i know you're not feeling very well and you have to get up early I mean, I if we're, are we done talking things? Is there any news? I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know. Chris, do you want to go through the news? Are you cool with? Yeah, we can, we can do a quick news rundown. Okay. Well, with that said, let's get into the news. First one Chris kindly pulled up for us today is that uh, E3 is going to be very wah, wah this year, apparently, um, from Wesley LeBlanc over at Game Informer. Um, as a side note, man, I miss Game Informer. I always used to get that magazine, and now I haven't for a long time. And I, every I time I see do. it, do you really? I need yeah. to get back oh, on really? it because I like, I miss it. Like when I don't get it, it's like it. It was, I still had that like childhood excitement when you got like a new episode or a new issue. Uh, issue. Yeah. yeah, in the yeah. Mail. But anyway, he reported this morning that uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo are reportedly skipping E3, which. Yeah, I've I, seen that headline. Is there, I didn't read the article. Was there a reason why they're not going to be? Um, probably because they don't need to pay a bunch of money to um, have somebody else spill their content when they can just do it themselves online. Um, yeah, I mean, that I would suppose, be my guess. Like, I feel like that's just, I don't want to say tradition, but it's like kind of one of the, they're the big, at least having their sub gaming companies go. Is that right? Are they doing that? I don't know. I mean, who else would go other other? I mean, who else do we really care about? Yes. It used to be like, well, I mean, like the, you know, the umbrella effect, right? Like the gaming companies underneath. No, none of them. None. So, yeah. It, it was like PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo are skipping E3, but I put, I did some light editing of the, tagline when i copied it. <laughs> is that not what i said <clears throat> so i thought i said playstation xbox Nintendo, yeah maybe playstation xbox nintendo reportedly skipping e3 2023 so yeah so this was supposed to be the big shindig like having it back in the building you know and all that which i do think that would be there's something to be said to um meeting in person you know what i mean and being at the convention center and all that stuff taking place at the same time um, it does kind of make me sad that I don't care if it's E3, but it does make me a little bit sad that there's no like physical venue anymore. Like COVID kind of, uh, it kind of wiped it out. Yeah. It put a nail in the coffin. Cause like E3 was a 
bit of a like moribund like convention anyway um and i think covid was just kind of apparently the final nail i really thought it was going to make a comeback just because people i don't know about you guys but people miss going to things you know after spending a minimum of two years uh feeling like locked up all the time not that i'm like a social butterfly now but i certainly um like to see things going back to a certain semblance of normalcy so yeah it's kind of sad that so Mm -hmm. i wonder if e3 will just like not happen at all but i mean probably not i mean it might scale back to maybe more like indie stuff maybe i don't know yeah it'd be cool with that i mean i i think like the uh, breed pop owns it now so i'm sure it'll turn into more of like a fan event more so than it already had maybe for more content creator type of things who knows which i don't know i guess like i don't really want to go to something that xbox playstation and uh nintendo are not you know what i mean i guess maybe i do like to angie's point if it's a bunch of like indie developers that actually show up to it then maybe it would be really cool like if uh who's the indie developer that's always uh publishing rad games like uh carrion was one of them that's off the top of my head it's gonna kill me i know you guys know this no i mean probably my brain doesn't work properly at oh devolver yes devolver digital thank you uh if they were there then it might be worth going but i don't know kind of sad i guess you guys got any more thoughts i just you know like when i was in high school and in college i mean a little bit less so in college because it was just harder to get the timing down the thing i looked forward to the most every year without fail was e3 yeah so it's just very hard to like let go of that beautiful wonderful like holiday-esque feeling that i get when i think about it you know if yes yeah it's a bummer to see the way it's shifted because i you know i think like i just don't feel like what keely's been able to do with summer game fest has quite captured the same spirit to me i still think it's all too far spread out and diluted even with like the kind of big kickoff show. Um, Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Yeah. I don't know. I like, it's just going to be another one of those things that forever lingers kind of as like a wistful. Oh, back in my day thing. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know how good we had it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How good it used to be, which kind of sad because like when it was that good, I guess all good things must end. But I never even would have foreseen like E3 coming to an end, you know? Right. It's like almost hard to fathom. Yeah. It's one of those things where if I could, I would take a week off of work to just sit there and watch E3 coverage. But anyway, we'll see what happens later on this summer. The next thing we will talk about is from over at gamedeveloper.com from justin carter about um 343 going under undergoing changes after the layoffs continuing to make issues or changes to halo i don't know i mean we knew about the layoffs but have either of y'all played halo infinite lately like are people still talking about that game i mean it's less and less talked about um it was it was talked about when I think Forge was making changes, Halo Forge um, versus the Infinite game itself. Um, Forge landed pretty recently, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it was, like at the end of last year? Yeah, I believe so. I think you're correct. Um, I I just remember people talking about it and how they excited they're about it and they liked it and um, all this fun jazzy stuff. Um, Is that a mode like? Forge is the mode where you can create your own levels and rules. So it's like where all the crazy custom game modes get developed. It's where um, Griffball originated, as well as a bunch of other really great things. Um, Griffball is awesome. Um, I, just on a whim, jumped in 
probably like mid December for three or four rounds just to pick it up because it was still installed on my Xbox and like, or maybe even just like two rounds of Halo. And like, I was not, you, you all got to understand, like I played a crap load of infinite multiplayer during the first season. I even bought the game. I bought the season pass just to like do it. And so a, the cool thing is even though that season's over, I can still put EXP into the season pass from the first season that I bought. It just, continues forward and b like even though my skills had slipped it was really fun jumping back in and, and there was a population like i match made pretty quickly although i think that was probably right around like a little bit before the forge drop so um yeah but i i don't know that it's like incredibly healthy still but i think people are playing it yeah i, I mean it's cool that they're continuing it regardless of i mean it's undergoing changes i feel like that's kind of goes without saying and i i feel like it it is weird and somebody tweeted uh at rock gaming tweeted us today i don't know if either of you saw it but talking about how they how can uh microsoft talk about purchasing blizzard and activision when they can't keep everybody hired at their own studios and it, like, I don't think that's a bad, like, thing to bring up. But I also do think that companies use uh, tough economic times as excuses to, like, do what they could say is, like, trimming the fat of their uh, industry or their organization and cutting out pieces that they don't think are necessary anymore. So, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe there's something internally that they see where um, it can perhaps operate more efficiently by, like, cutting the positions that they had. Or whatever so i don't really think it's anything if you're a halo fan i don't know that i would be super worried about it it's obviously like their top right it's got to be their top ip so it's not like they're not going to give it their all I is guess. it their top I, I don't feel like they treat it like their top ip anymore i feel like they what else would be i don't forza <laughs> like I, you know what that's a valid point man i didn't think about that but you're right do you know people, like i used to work with teenagers do you know what game people talk about when they talk fortnite. about xbox no fortnite forza oh really yeah the arcadey one that i can't think of the name of right now motorsport horizon for forza uh, horizon four and five are like now granted like it might have just been the fact that i had a kiddo who liked cars cars a lot but like i don't know like Here's the thing. I feel like they wanted Infinite to be like the reclaiming of the throne. But I don't I don't I don't know a company that's done worse brand management for their like big 3 games than Xbox. And I am I play on Xbox basically exclusively other than my Switch. But like I don't think of Gears in that light anymore. I don't think of Halo in that light at all. And I don't, I mean, Forza is like not my genre. So I don't really, like, I check them out every time they come out because they're on Game Pass, but like. Yeah, it's definitely a niche, like racing games are for sure. I know, I think Forza, whatever, For Horizon, Forza Horizon won IGN's Game of the Year in 20. 21 or whatever year yeah, it I came out horizon four won it. Yeah. Um, so it's not like sure not this all sounds like complete you. slander to you. Yeah. You just said something bad about gears of war, dude. Don't do that to Angie. I didn't see anything bad about it. I just said, I don't think of it in the same light as I did when it was gears one and gears two. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. You're not wrong. One and two earlier franchise, like earlier games in the series or in a franchise. Like it's just, they're much better usually. Um, like I will forever think Halo two and three are better than the ones that are coming out now just because I like them more. Yeah. It's kind of the issue I think before Halo infinite was released, like it doesn't have that hit with the kids who are playing those games now, like Fortnite does. And even Valorant yeah. or whatever else is out there. Like there are too many players in that space that people are already way more into than Halo. So 
Um, There's a lot of competition. All of the competition is free to play for the most part. Yep. Um, I don't know. I do like. I think Halo Infinite going free to play was a great decision. I just don't. I don't know what it needs to push it over that edge. Like, I feel like it, there's something that it needed that it just didn't quite get to keep. Like, I should be playing Halo Infinite like it's a problem, but instead I'm playing Marvel Snap like it's a problem. Yeah, but that's because gaming's evolved so much in the last 15 years since Halo 3 came out. You know what I mean? Like, like you just said, there's so much more in that space and so much or like we talked about earlier there's just so many more games that we just have so many more options that halo just ain't it anymore it's hard to maintain that popularity forever too like name something like mario is the only thing that i could or even legend zelda i guess there are some examples out there that like all of nintendo's ip yeah exactly but that's the only one dude like even playstation you know i'm a playstation fanboy and uncharted 4 was fantastic but i'm not like chomping at the bit for another one you know what i mean because it's it's had its time you know what i mean there's talk that they're gonna like revamp it and bring it out again and i'm like "Hmm, maybe but you also already you know got what you wanted out of that you know what i mean you can't last forever with it so no but i will say like if they like what one like Halo 2, they remastered that so you can switch back and forth to what it used to look like and to what it looked like now and or when it was remade, I should say. And it, I thought that's awesome. I, if they did it with Halo 3, I would definitely buy that. Mm. Definitely, hands down. Like, And I'm sure there's a lot of people that would do that for Halo 1 or even Halo 4. But it, or like, you know, for or Gears of War 1, you know, or, well... They already did that for Gears 1. They, they? they did that. But point being, if they did a remastered version that was, you know, really that's still pretty popular with people that they still go out back and play, I think I think it would be fine. As long as it's like done right if it's not too chopped up, if that makes sense. Yeah, remakes are the thing, you know what I mean? Like now. So I don't I mean, I'm surprised they haven't done that. They didn't do that with the uh collection i feel like um infinite was supposed to be kind of like the soft reboot i don't know i don't think it worked i don't think it did either but i also didn't finish the story i played a lot of that game i stayed up late I stayed up to like 3 a.m. playing Halo Infinite. Very few games get me to stay up that late anymore. Well, see, man, and that's it. Like, I mean, you did enjoy it. Like, like the campaign kept me yeah. up. I was doing dumb shit with the grappling hook in that game, going all over the map where I wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> it, yeah. it was incredible. Like, it, it plays really well. Like, it's a good video game. It is, what yeah. What supposed to use with it? Just explore the area, explore the map, and see where you can go, what will, where it will allow you to go. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good game, and it had its time. Like, I'm not saying... And maybe they'll come up with something that will, like, reinvigorate it. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I guess to not sound too lack of or have a lack of sensitivity to this, to it but i don't i guess if it went away i don't think i would miss it too much you know what i mean it's there's plenty of that genre out there that i'm not chomping at the bit for more halo i guess i want a xbox game studios that is firing on all cylinders and is surprising me this year with games like Hi-Fi Rush that just come out of nowhere and are fresh and new and have an energy to them and an aesthetic to them that I have not seen before in a video game. Um, 
I think that's a space that I think they can really succeed in. I'm really hoping Redfall is good. I haven't gotten to, I haven't had time to go watch their like developer direct yet, but I know there was kind of a deep dive on Redfall. Um, yeah, man. And they have Atomic Heart coming up, which I've been excited about since like seeing the first trailer a few years ago. That go along game. Uh, Ooh, I did not looks... like the demo for that, but I was also like in the midst of Elden Ring as I tried playing it. So I don't oh, know if that was the right timing. Yeah. And I'm just looking at it now. They're dropping Hot Wheels Unleashed, which I've played and is good. Like they have, they're just playing a different game. I don't think if, if Halo doesn't, you know, do what they want it to do. I don't think they're losing much. You know what I mean? Because they, they're playing a different game now, and I think they're doing a good job of it, too. I just don't think it's, like, super sustainable for them to just shell out money for games to be added to Game Pass forever. Like, they need to be... They, they keep acquiring these studios, and they don't birth anything out into the world, for the most yeah. part. I guess well, maybe things are I think some things are in the making. It's just going to take more time mm-hmm. to yeah. delve those out because some got put on pause because of the transitions. Roma. Not oh, all yeah. things, but some yeah. things. What was the Hellblade? That'll be a good telling, I think. And I got to play I mean, the first of those still. I know I still haven't finished it. Mm-hmm. Redfall should tell us a lot. Like, I don't know. I think they'll be all right. Um, I'm going to scoot, but I think our, I think what our mostly normal question should be, what game would you want to see remade or remastered? Ooh. Okay. Are you going to give one before you go? Or are you just dropping? I'm going to say Halo 3. I, I, I want to see that one remastered. Okay. Mm. Fair. I would think that would be really fun. Okay. Angie, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, Angie. Yeah. Hope you feel better soon. You, uh, me too. Honestly, my throat feels like it it burns and it's scratchy. Vitamin it's C, airborne. I swear by those things. Airborne is are those the tablets that, that are like Alka Seltzer, but you mm-hmm. pop them in. Yep. Gross. It's good okay. stuff. Well, you know, I'll try it. I'm not a. Po- I'll try it if if you if you swear by it, I'll believe you. It's good you. stuff. Well, again, I hope you feel better and let us know what you think next week on of uh return of the king <laughs> all right sounds no better good. Angie. bye bye chris do you have an answer i can answer if you want to wait it out i would like a remake of i would like <laughs> Shit's gonna get me canceled. I don't actually want it. I was gonna say I want a Chrono Trigger remake. What's wrong with that? It doesn't need it. They just need to put it on Super Nintendo Online. Oh, or you need to buy an analog pocket. I mean, I own it for the Nintendo DS. I just haven't opened my box. And my yeah. across the hall neighbor straight up told me, dude, I think that's worth $500 instead of you opening it to play it. <laughs> do you want to borrow my copy? <laughs> oh, wait, it's, you have an unopened copy of it? Yeah, I mean, like the Saran wrap's a little bit damaged, but I bought it for oh, when wow. it was like 80 bucks on Amazon a few years ago, and I just kind of haven't had time to play it. <laughs> dude, I did that too with uh, Metal Gear Solid like collection mm. for PlayStation 3. It has like every single metal gear game on it and uh i have it still in the plastic wrap because i looked and it's not that expensive but it definitely when it stops being produced it goes way up in price um and now that i've said metal gear solid i think i've changed my answer because that would definitely metal gear solid one would probably be my number one. Oh, snake eater two that too I'm literally all of those I, I would be fine with them just remaking them and I don't understand why Konami doesn't like money enough to do it I really don't because they could easily just have somebody else remake them and be just fine I'm certain of it but that's all she wrote so anyway let us know what your re- dream remake your dream make would be <laughs> I don't know why I do that I can't help it uh 
let us know at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. You can email us to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. You can send us a text or voicemail at 507-291-2991. If you want, go check out Chris's uh, Mostly Normal Monthly that's about to drop here in three hours and 31 minutes. No, not even. I'm about to hit publish. Ooh, he's almost there. I, I finished stealing the pictures from Google Images while we were recording. <laughs> hey, man, you do a great job of putting that thing together. Next month, if you're going to do it, you gave me plenty of heads up this month. But next month, if you're going to do it again, like I will contribute because uh, I can certainly do that. Um, we have a whole Slack channel to dedicated to it, everyone. So watch out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I can certainly ramble for an hour and six minutes i can certainly write a brief something and you always do such a good job of putting it together man and making it look good i'm all i'm always amazed when i go look at it and i'm like well yeah i wrote that but it didn't look that cool when i wrote it chris made it like look pretty and stuff well so thank you yeah um, yeah. i appreciate that and shout outs to trillion for being our harsh grammar editor she makes us sound smarter than we are (laughs) i appreciate that also um but anyway you can check out those at mngamers.substack.com or on our website mostnormalgamers.com you can hit me up at johnny samsonite angie is at stellar smalls chris is well chris do you want to tell the people where you're at are you still currently mia on twitter i'm at vg occasion where you can see me not use twitter much should just change it to at occasion at vg (laughs) most of the time though (laughs) yeah